This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Hey there, listener, and welcome back to another episode of Behold. Uh, this is Sean and Dan, as always. And we have a, a fun guest speaker with us today. And, you know, a lot of us have been really wondering what's been going on with these wildfires all over the West Coast. And some people actually, they're chomping at the bit to know what has it been like up there in Oregon? And so at great expense, and we really pulled a lot of strings here, we actually got somebody who is currently on location in Portland, ready to tell us all about what God's been doing up there. So why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. Uh, Guest Appearer. He's our correspondent, really, is yes. what he is. Hey there, Sean and Daniel. This is your man on the ground, David <laughs> Sunman. Oh, boy, it is smoky here, guys. And I'll tell you what, that AQU is above 450, which is hazardous. Very hazardous. Wow, oh. this is great. You you know, you. I feel like you've been maybe practicing your broadcaster voice a little bit. Are you, did you miss your calling maybe? In, 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 uh, from in another, years? yeah, maybe in, in another, you know, uh, in another universe that God could have created, I could have been, uh, you know, an announcer, but I feel like I missed my shot. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, well, David, it's been a few weeks since we, uh, on the podcast at least, have heard from you. So give us an update. I know people are chomping at the bit to just hear how it's going with you for city teams up there. So tell us about it. Things with city team are great. Things are all moving in the right direction. Uh, lots of positive changes that we've been able to make even just in the past month and a half. We're launching a new program uh, called Youth Collective, which is going to be a residential program for young men ages 18 to 24 uh, who have been formerly incarcerated or impacted by the criminal justice system, homeless or at risk of becoming homeless or our former foster youth. Uh, and it's actually going to be a long-term program where they can complete uh, while living here on site is kind of like almost like a dorm, like uh, uh, where they can complete an, an entire undergraduate degree or an apprenticeship to become a journeyman tradesperson. So uh, we're, we're basically going to use uh, post-secondary education to uh, reduce the risk, which there's been tons of research that has conclusively shown that a post-secondary education um, does uh, radically reduce the risk of living in poverty or recidivating, returning to incarceration. So it's actually kind of like a, a brand new program that no one is currently offering anywhere that I've been able to find. And we're, we're wanting to meet an unmet need and do something that no one else is doing. So I'm really excited about that. Dang, dude, you're a pioneer. You're like, you're like, you're like in the wilderness, just with a machete, just like <laughs> right. chopping down poverty. Yeah. But just like in California, the wildfires have been uh, pretty, pretty bad up here. And all jokes aside, the, the air is really, really uh, smoky. And um, we're, we're expecting some rain on Friday, which will help with some of the fires. The, the, you know, the hot shots, the firefighters out there have been doing a great job, um, but lots of folks evacuated. Uh, homes lost and that type of deal, but I uh, hope it clears up soon. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely praying, praying for all of us here on the West Coast and, and for the firefighters and yeah, just praying for God to send rain, you know, and he's, he's, uh, 
he is the God over all of creation and uh, even the the wind and the and the waves and, and the weather obey his name um, and his voice. So yeah, praying for that for sure. Yeah, let me let me just pray right now real quick before we go on. God, we um, we just turn to you and we ask for your help with the fires that are going on across the country, Lord. Like Dan just said, we trust you that you're sovereign, that the the waves and wind obey you, that you have total control over these things. And Father, we acknowledge and we trust that even in the midst of big fires that are causing a lot of, of hurt and damage, you still have a purpose and you still have uh, a plan that we can't understand. But Lord, we do ask that you would act swiftly and miraculously to end these fires and, and this smoke that's going on on the West Coast. Lord, those of us who are here in the Bay Area, we just praise you and give you glory and thank you for how much you've already improved things down here. And God, we now ask that you would continue to just demonstrate your glory in that way up in Oregon and, and even north of that, God. Again, we pray this not just for our own comfort, Lord, but for your glory so that your power will be demonstrated clearly for all to see. We ask this of you. We pray this in your name, God. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you for the newscast update, Mr. Sunman. <laughs> Um, okay, so on Sundays, you know, we, we're on week two now of our Together series, which I know a lot of us are really excited about. And we're in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're kind of talking about giftings, and we're going to get into that more. But just maybe as a launching point, um, one of the things that stuck out to some of us in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, let me read it to you. It says, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. So just upon hearing that, what are some things that kind of come out to you or some questions that you guys have about that verse? The first thing that sticks out to me is just the, the common experience or the common immersion that, that we all have as believers, that we're all indwelt by the same spirit. And it, it's, the, it's the same process, this, this spirit baptism that God provides for us and, and the effects of that, we, we can all, uh, be, be unified under, under that. And I think for, for those that have been in maybe some different, th there's some different theological interpretations of, of spirit baptism. And I think when we, even when we bring that up, that's, it, it calls to mind a lot many different things for, 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 depending on what your background is, you know, what church you grew up in or what's your theological tradition. And so I just loved how the teaching team really just, man, pointed to this verse and just said, man, we are, this is, this is something we are all baptized into. We, you know, we're all made to drink of the same spirit. And man, I just, I kind of wanted to, to kick that around a little bit. And David, maybe you could, you could give us a little insight into what the conversation was like in the teaching team meeting as you guys were looking at this verse and, 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 you know, wanting to make sure that we have a, an accurate understanding of what spirit baptism is. Any, any light that you want to shed on that for our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've been so blessed to continue to join the teaching team on Tuesdays and, you know, particularly with this passage, of course, it's such uh, an important part of the series, it, you know, we're talking about the unity that we have because of the spirit. It's this one spirit that we are all united by. Um, 
And there's so many different things that we could talk about regarding the spirit baptism. But of course, on a Sunday morning, you know, you only have so much time and, you know, you have to teach the passage and, and uh, make decisions about how much you talk about specific verses. And so, of course, for this specific topic, since there's a lot that goes into that, um, Charlie decided not to give that a ton of time because, you know, he's already talking for 35 minutes to go into that for another five to 10 minutes, of course, would, uh, would put us a bit over. And so, um, just something that, that we were discussing, um, because, you know, there are some folks that will say things about spirit baptism that just don't seem to be reflected in truth in the scriptures. Um, and something that I always try to remember, uh, is that there are many things that are descriptive in the Bible, but they're not always prescriptive. So just because you read something uh, that happened, uh, especially you know in, in a narrative situation, it doesn't mean that that's the norm. It doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen for everybody or that that's what everyone should expect. And so, of course, you can look to some different stories and acts about people who received the Holy Spirit, who, who, you know, who heard the gospel, who got saved and they received the Holy Spirit. And there were some signs that, that accompanied some of those experiences, including say, speaking in tongues. Uh, now something that, that we discussed in the teaching team meeting is, uh, well, what is, you know, the use of, of tongues? You know, why, why did God give people this miraculous gift of being able to speak in other phonetic languages that they weren't previously able to speak? And actually, a good place to go, you can jump up to uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 22, uh, which says that tongues are a sign for believers, uh, or excuse me, for unbelievers, and prophecy is a sign for believers. So when you think about tongues, uh, it's not for believers and other believers. It was something that God gave so that, say, you know, we're in, you know, some frontier place uh, where the word of God has not yet been proclaimed and all of a sudden we have this miraculous ability to speak another language so that this person who is seeking the kingdom of God uh, in their heart can hear the gospel. And so it's important to remember what is the purpose? And so if that's the purpose, then is God going to give that to everybody, you know, every time that they... Uh, you know, someone gets saved or receive the Holy Spirit, it would seem that the answer would be no. And so it's not something that I would say that I think a lot of the people on the teaching team would agree that it's not something that could never happen again. It's just in a very specific situation that that would occur. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if you guys have had, have had experiences like this or, or been around people like this where, you know, there, there's a, there's a tradition out there, an understanding of, of spirit baptism that, it's it's a it's something that haps, happens after sometime after we we receive Christ. So it's a subsequent event, and and there's you know I've been I've been to camps or or been around groups of people or churches where um, you, you can you know you can go up up front and 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 be baptized in the Spirit. You know just just kind of similar to water baptism where where you know you just kind of. It's a, it's an act of going up and, 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 and walking in obedience, but actually, you know, scripture doesn't, doesn't teach that there, there's no place in scripture that says that, that tells us to, to be baptized or to, to seek that out. Um, you know, and, and if you look at verse 13, like Sean brought up is this, we have been baptized into the spirit. It's, it's part of us receiving Christ and, and, and going from, from death to, to, to life. 
And um, it's a reality for every believer. We don't have to go seek it out. So I think for me, like growing up and, and being around some of those 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 kinds of understanding, it, it kind of created this weird spiritual hierarchy where it was like, oh man, like you haven't, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. Like you have, you're not speaking in tongues or you're not, you know, you're not having these, these physical outward signs of like, you need to seek that. You need to like have that experience. And I wish that somebody would have told me in, at that point in my walk, Hey, you've already received the Holy Spirit. You've already been baptized. You've, you've already been made to drink of this spirit. And you know, he's been, he's given, he's gifted you in all these incredible ways. And, and, and like Charlie said, he's, he's, he's given you freedom and life and he's unified you to the body and the, you know, the work is done. And now it's like just you like fleshing that out and, and walking in that and staying in step with that. It, there, there's an incredible amount of like pressure that it takes off and, and it really levels the playing field where it's like, no, this person isn't better you know, because they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've all been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, and that, that was a really transformative thing for me to grasp, uh, you know, later on in my, in my walk with the Lord. Hmm. Man, so powerful. And David, as you were, as you were speaking, I was so glad that you just mentioned those two words, like prescriptive versus descriptive. Because I feel like that's such a, an important thing that a lot of people don't always think about when they're reading through scriptures is, is what does this really mean for me? And, you know, so often people take a, a verse and take it out of context and they make it prescriptive when it's really not meant to be. You know, I was just watching this thing with, with Vodi Bakum and talking about worship. And he was reading from Second Samuel, I think 6, 14. And basically the verse is that, that David danced before the Lord all night long. And he did so wearing his linen ephod, his old linen dress. And so someone asked him, Vodi, what does that mean? And he goes, well, I think it means you got to wear linen, linen when you worship. <laughs> so funny. But what he's getting at and what he went on to say is that, man, this, a lot of people take that verse and they infer from that. We all need to be dancing in church when we worship. That's what this verse means. In reality, that's not a prescriptive verse. It's a descriptive verse of what David was going through in those moments. You know, he wasn't at Sunday church. That wasn't the context for that. He was in a really unique situation and circumstance. And so Vody would go on to say, you know, he really subscribes to the idea of like the regulatory principle of, no, God has a certain way that he intends for us to do church and to, and to do worship and do all those things. And so as we look at these different things, like dancing in church or speaking in hmm. tongues in worship or whatever it is, it's really important, like you said, to, to make that distinction of, is this really God prescribing me that I need to do this or, I, or once I have enough faith, I will be able to do this or whatnot. Or is this just a description of something that some people went through during a certain season of time in God's history? Well, yeah. And, and a lot of times when we come across something in a narrative, um, we wonder, okay, you know, is that, is that something, you know, does the Bible speak about that topic elsewhere where it is prescriptive or it is didactic? It is, it is, it is meant for teaching, you know, um, and, uh, you know, like with, with dancing, I mean, the, the, the Psalms reference dancing and, and really lay that out for us as, as a, as an appropriate, you know, ex expression of worship. Um, you know, so if we wanted to go somewhere to talk about dancing, like that would be a better place to go than just a narrative. Right. So, so, and, and, and even David, what you did with speaking in tongues, you were like, Hey, we could go to acts and we can, we can learn a lot about 
how it happened in the first century, how, how God's kingdom was, was being un, unfolded and, and brought to the Gentiles and all that um, to learn about tongues. Or we could go to some to the place where Paul actually teaches about tongues. What's the purpose of it? And, and which one's going to be more instructive for us in understanding it? And I think, you know, it's, it's clear. So, so sometimes we, we just need to know our Bible better. We just need to know where are the places that it talks about being prescriptive or where are the, pl- the places that where the intention is to teach and, and go there. Yeah, and I think one of the dangers in not doing that, I mean, there's a lot of dangers, but this, one of the specific ones that we're talking about right now is just you, you can so easily get into that incorrect mind space of, oh, because I'm assuming that this particular thing is prescriptive of all worship gatherings, that if it's not happening X, Y, or Z, then X, Y, or Z. Like if we're not speaking tongues, we don't have enough faith. If we're not dancing, we don't love God enough, whatever, which is not the case. Of course, we're not at all saying on this podcast that if you dance and worship, you're not being authentic and that's not acceptable and all those things. But we just wanted to protect people and shield them from getting to those same conclusions of, oh, Dancing means you love God, which is not necessarily true. So that said, um, we're about to get into some, uh, what's the word? Some melodic talk, some things about orchestras and symphonies and instruments and all those good things. So what I'm getting at is Charlie's clarinet uh, analogy. What did you guys think about that? Oh boy. Oh my gosh. He was, dude, he was so disappointed and bummed that, that he kind of narfed the beginning of it. I feel so bad for him. He said he was practicing for hours and, and I think the nerves just performance anxiety got, got him. But, uh, we love, we love you, Charlie. And, you know, I just, I just loved, I couldn't help but picture, um, you know, Charlie, like, you know, in his (laughs) pimple faced, like sweatpants wearing years, (laughs) just like, sitting in the second chair blowing on his on his clarinet oh there's it was a wonderful wonderful picture um if you ever have a chance to go look at some old photos of charlie when he was in middle school it's just pure gold i I would link it in the show notes but i feel like that's too mean (laughs) might get into some privacy issues (laughs) you know it's a great it's a great example to something that it made me think of um i used to have a friend who was going to school for uh, you know, mixing and, and he was in, you know, one of the, one of these, you know, mixing schools or whatever. And basically they would have access to all of these files of songs, but with each individual instrument, you know, singled out so that they could play around with it and see how, you know, different parts fit together. And it was incredible. You could have this song that you've heard a million times and, you know, it's like, I never realized that this little bit was in it. This little textural thing that's in the song, and then you hear it, you know, um, pulled out, and uh, and and you and you hear it, and you're like, wow, I never noticed that that was there. But without it, the song would not be the same. It wouldn't sound as good as it is. Absolutely, that I love that, and and obviously this is this is you're speaking Sean and I's language here. You know, we we're 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 constantly, especially these days, we're we're in the studio, like mixing stuff together and, and balancing stuff. And, and, um, yeah, it is really interesting when you, when you pull something out of a song, you know, even if it's just something that, that maybe even by itself, it doesn't even make sense. Right. But if you took it out, there's just something missing there. And I think that's a great, another great way to think of, um, this, you know, this analogy of, of the body that, that Paul gives us in, in first Corinthians 12. Um, yeah, I mean, 
it's so funny because when it comes to recordings and music and in orchestras, there's just so many of those things, so many of those instruments, so many of those tracks, so many of those sounds that you listen to the recording, and unless you have a really acute ear, you really don't even know that they're there. But you pull them out, and all of a sudden, whoa, there's this huge hole that was left because of that thing. And I think it speaks a lot to the, to God's church because it's the same thing. Like there's so many giftings that are quote unquote unseen, but in reality, they they they're they're the the foundation upon which so much of ministry and service and all those things happen upon. And I would even go to say that the majority of servants within God's church are not super visual, seen, flashy type roles. The majority of them are, are, are not those things. Um, so yeah, it's just a healthy reminder for us, like, are we fulfilling those needs? Because I think a lot of people think to themselves, well, I'm not a good public speaker. I guess I can't serve in church, you know? But like Charlie said, if you're a clarinet and that's how God made you to be or, or a tuba or whatever the heck, there, it's not a discussion of uh, which of should you play your instrument or not. It's a discussion of what instrument has God made you to be. And in God's family, it's the same way. It's not should you use your giftings or not. It's no, no, no. God created us all with giftings and how are we using them? You know, Dan, you and I were, and David, we were all talking before the podcast and I think some people listening might feel the same way where I feel like we just got finished talking about giftings in Romans and now we're talking about giftings again in First Corinthians going into together. But just so everyone listening is on the same page, the reason why we're, we're, we're visiting giftings and specifically the way that God made us all with different giftings is because that's really the foundation for everything we're about to talk about in the context of God designing us, not even just that he wants us, but he created us and designed us to do life together. And that there are certain ways, whether it's in the context of ministry or church or family or relationships, that things just cannot be as good as they are meant to be if people with different giftings aren't working together. Do you guys agree with that? No doubt. And, and we, I mean, it's so interesting just, you know, going back to Romans chapter 12, that verse three so, so, you know, Paul says is by grace, um, you know, that we're all, we're all under grace. We're all in that same net. Right. And, and, and because of that, we should not think of, of ourselves more highly than we ought to, but we should think of ourselves with sober judgment, according to the faith that God has assigned. So we, we don't want to, we don't want to think of ourselves as in, in a proud sense, like we're, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're something special, but we also don't want to have this lower view of ourselves. We want to have this sober judgment, this, this, this right understanding of who we are based on, on God's grace and his gifts that he gives us. And it was so interesting, you know, after on Sunday, we were having a great conversation in our connect group per the huge. And, um, just a couple people, man, were they just said some things kind of like, that, that alluded to, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a clarinet, you know, I'm, I don't have, my gift is not as good as blah, blah, blah. And, and it was just, it, it was really cool. Cause we got to kind of just, um, really talk and clarify like, man, there, there is no hierarchy. We all play a role in the body. And, um, and I just love that. And it's something that God's been teaching me a lot during this, this, uh, COVID era it's just not, it's not about you. It's, you know, it's not all about 
what you bring to the table, there's something bigger at work that, and you're, you're, you're playing a part of something, um, much bigger than yourself. And there's, there's, there's something really exciting about that. Do you guys agree? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I, this is such a, this is such a common thing that people have, uh, as far as hesitations about God, it's a common argument or just hesitation I hear of just this idea of like, uh, control almost, or, uh, feeling like they're locked into something like someone might say, Oh, God can't tell me how I was designed to act, you know, mm-hmm. but those of us who, who, know Jesus and, and know God, know that it's the total opposite. It's not a control thing. It's a freedom thing. We have freedom now living in the ways and the giftings that God designed us to be versus, versus control. So it's just so funny when you hear that, because like you said, Dan, it's just, especially in times like now that are kind of stressful with COVID, it's so freeing to be able to lean into and just trust God with our giftings instead. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting too, David, for you to just share how, how, how things have kind of shifted for you recently, because, you know, you were, you kind of went from this, this groove with serving at at VBC on the teaching team, you know, you, it was, you kind of had this very public, like upfront, you know, role. Um, and, and teaching tends to be, you know, it's a verbal, it's a verbal gifting. And so it tends to be kind of out there. Um, and then God calls you to, you know, up to Portland and, and your role kind of becomes a little, it shifts a little bit. It's more behind the scenes. It's more administrative. It's more, you know, team building and leadership and outreach and things like that. Um, I'm just curious how your, what your experience has been like, you know, do you still feel like you're operating in your gifting? Um, do you still feel like you're being, you know, useful and, 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 and contributing to the body? Uh, are, are you, do, do you, do you miss having that upfront role or are you, are you still, you know, functioning like God's called you to function? Like, yeah. What, what's your experience been there? Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, definitely from my own experience being up here and being in more of an administrative role, uh, has been, has been a different, um, definitely a, a different season for me. And what's, what's great is that, you know, we all have these giftings and, you know, it doesn't mean that I've lost the gift to teach. It's just, you know, God is using it in a different way, not necessarily up in front of people, but, but, um, you know, in different ways, I still get to use it. It just not in, in such an upfront, uh, kind of way. Uh, but I'll tell you what, even just thinking about my staff, um, you know, just recently we were uh, kind of doing a, a team building thing where we were writing letters of encouragement to all the different staff and everyone signed them and said something that they you know appreciated about each individual staff member here. And there was one who's my administrative assistant. And I wrote on her car, I said, you are the backbone of what we do here. Like she is never out in front. She's, she's yeah. you know, all, everything is behind the scenes. Um, but what she does is so important, so valuable. We would not be open if it weren't for her, you know? Um, but, but most people probably wouldn't think about that. They probably think of me being, you know, the, the director here that, that, uh, you know, as I'm kind of the more, the more forward facing person in regard to, you know, our, our partnerships and all that type of stuff. Um, but she really, uh, is doing so much valuable work that, uh, I just appreciate so much and, and, um, I feel like this, this particular section that, that 
Charlie Covered is written to those kinds of people. Like, hey, you are so valuable. Don't ever think that you aren't valuable. And then this coming week, uh, uh, Gary is going to cover a section where it's talking more to the people who are in those more flashy upfront type of giftings that, hey, you, you need to not look at yourself as more valuable than those people because they are indispensable. That's the word that's going to be used as indispensable. Um, and that God even shows a special kind of honor for those people. So I won't talk about that too much. It's just a little preview. But yeah, don't get don't in. Give it away. <laughs> just enough to tease us. Exactly. Yeah, and I just I love I love the diversity that that you see that we we've. I mean, it's kind of interesting if you think about it. You know, we've been we've been united with this common. Uh, experience, you know, being baptized into into the spirit, you know, drinking of the same spirit. But then within that, there's so much diversity that each believer functions distinctly in in, in within the whole, right? And um, and so you you see that the church itself is diverse, that, that the needs of the church are are diverse. And so you know whether you're a hand. Um, or an ear or uh, a backbone <laughs> or an eye or whatever, you, um, you there, there's this particular need in the body that you, you address. And that is all part of God's design. And it is, it is essential to the way the church functions. And, and I, and maybe that's something, you know, we can just, you know, leave people with is like, how are you thinking lately about your, contribution to the church. You know, are you seeing yourself and based on God's gifting, based on the spirit that's within you, are you seeing yourself as essential to the church's function? You know, are you just kind of hanging out on the sidelines waiting for COVID to be over? You know, (laughs) I think it's a good question for us to evaluate. hundred percent. And man, just on that point of like worth and value, I just want to say like, People so often just get in the wrong headspace with that of like, man, I'm not as, I'm not worth as much as them, or I, I can't do stuff as good as them, or whatever, or oh, my filling communion cups isn't as valuable to God's kingdom as Dan's leading worship, or whatever it is. But I just want to say, like, for myself, the way I view myself, the way I view you, Dan, and you, David, and Charlie, and Tim, all these people, do I think that all of you and us are valuable to God's kingdom? Of course I do. Of course I do. But what's valuable about you, Dan, and you, David, is not your giftings. That's not what makes you so powerful and so valuable for the expansion of God's kingdom. It's the fact that you're serving in the way that he's gifted you. It's the fact that you're answering the call. That's why I think you guys are studs for God's kingdom is because you're doing what he wants you to be doing, not just because you're gifted. And that's the same with everyone that I know like that. Like whether you are that person who is cleaning the floors at church or, or whether you're the person who's recording a sermon on Sunday. It's that answering the call and participating in the work of God's kingdom that, in my opinion, makes you such a such an amazing person and such an amazing, valuable member of God's family. And kind of on that note, I just want to say, like to back up Dan, man, our giftings, for sure. We have giftings. God gifts us all in unique ways, like that SHAPE acronym that Charlie gave recently. I talked about that on the podcast as well. And sometimes... We're used to serving in a really specific way using those gifts, but we all know life is seasonal. This, this year has shown us that more than in a lot of years, uh, that, that things change and circumstances change. And if you're, if you're a servant or if you're a leader, like think about a shepherd, a shepherd doesn't just 
slap a Band-Aid on, on a sheep's leg once and assume, all right, that's the only way that this sheep's ever going to need care for the rest of its life. No, it, it's attentive. It watches. It, it, that shepherd will, will adjust the way that they care for that sheep based on the needs. And God's church is the same way. Our church's needs change all the time. COVID is such a, such a tangible demonstration of that. Our needs right now are so different than eight months ago. But nonetheless, I'm confident that, that there's, there's not a single one of you out there who can't be serving even, even today, even in today's weird circumstances. So just to back up Dan, even now with online services, are you coming to church to watch an orchestra? Or are you coming to church to, to participate and to pick up your instrument and, and do your part in God's family? And of course, by coming to church, we mean watching from your computer screen. <laughs> I don't know if that helps, Dan. <laughs> Hopefully for, you know, and I, I don't know uh, which of you listeners went to our outdoor service on Sunday, but man, I'm just still so pumped from that time. That was, that was really powerful. Um, Sean, would you, wouldn't you agree? I would agree. And just to uh, emphasize, yep, we are doing online services. I know that that's a turnoff <laughs> for a lot of people. But man, you can join our prayer ministry. You can join our food pantry connect ministry. Groups. You can help. You can do connect groups with people. You can you can form one-on-one relationships for accountability for prayer. You can be helping with tech and production. There's things in the admin for ways for you to serve. Like there's no short list of ways to serve. So don't use the online thing as an excuse. Yeah, dude. Come on now. I like that. I like that. And and really, you know, there's no matter what happens next with with. Uh, whatever kind of groove or rhythm we find as a church in, in the months and years to come, I think God's really shown us the fruit of, of doing stuff online. And so that, that's going to continue. And, and there's, there's ways to even serve with that. I mean, how many, how many of our listeners, I wonder, have, have shared one of our online services or uh, one of our articles that our elders have, have written or a video that we've made on our resource page. I mean, that's that's a way to, to to serve and have influence in in people's lives too, right? So yeah, there's 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 no shortage, but but it is a mentality that we have to have. We got to be creative. We got to be determined, and we can't just be satisfied with with sitting on the sidelines because each member of God's church is essential to the church's. Hundred percent, and this is a silly one and uh, uh, an easy one. But how easy would it be, if you haven't done this yet, to when Tim gives his call on Sundays to send in a picture from you camping, your workplace, or whatever, that's such a small, easy way for you to help encourage the rest of our church family. That's a way to serve right there. Exactly. Come on, we know you got cool pics. Does it bug anyone else that Tim calls them pics, by the way? I don't know why that just bugs me. (laughs) If I'm the only one, I'll shut up. Photos, photos, pictures, either one. For some reason, pics. Hey, what's up, guys? Send us your cool pics. <laughs> That's a great impression right there. Hopefully, Tim, Tim is on the list. You only thought he was on the pod for a second, huh? Yeah. If, there, if there was a pen clicking, it would have been, like, totally imperceivable. All right, guys. Well, I think we're getting ready to wrap up this episode um, of Behold. But, David... I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know, you, you're someone that Dan and I, before the pod, we were just 
we were just reveling in how much we love you and this this quality about you that you're always eager to jump in and help, always eager to jump in and serve. Even right now, like you're friggin' in Portland serving in amazing ways up there and yet you're still participating in teaching team meetings here. Like you're exceptional. And you're always down you're always down to pod, dude. I love that. Love that about you. Always down to pod, DTP. Um, I have a sickness, and the only cure is the pod. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I love that you brought that up because because I I don't know if anyone you know if if everyone's familiar with that with that that like Will Ferrell sketch a blue oyster, blue oyster cult with the cowbell. I think Charlie instead of the clarinet, he should have done the cowbell because <laughs> because I feel like you know if uh, if there's a perceived unimportant importance like scale. Uh, when it comes to instruments, I feel like cowbell is like way down at the bottom, but it's still important, right? <laughs> Man, if if you're someone out there who likes saying picks or plays cowbell, I'm sorry. This is not, no offense to you. <laughs> Anyways, David, okay. So you're someone who we think nails it with those qualities. So just give us from your perspective, uh, what's an encouragement you can give somebody who's hesitant to jump in and help and jump in to serve? So I would say, uh, you know, for me, my expectation is never to serve in a specific way. It's always, what can I do to help? So even I was just meeting with a pastor from the church that I've been uh, getting connected with up here. And I said, look, I want to do whatever you guys need help with. You want me to sweep floors? I'll sweep floors. You want me to, you know, whatever it is, let me know what you need help with, you know? And so, you know, just jump in and God will direct you and God will put you in the right place, you know, but I didn't walk up to him and say, Hey, I want to teach. Hey, put me in front. You know, just, just let me serve in whatever way that I can, you know? Um, and we can trust that God is going to use us in, in whatever gifts that we have specifically for his glory in whatever way that that is, even if it means we're sweeping floors for the glory of God. <laughs> no. Could you imagine what our church would be like if everybody had that mentality? Here's my gifting and, and how can I help? You know, I just think that is such a great mentality. Yeah. And just as you think about that, guys, remember that if you're in God's kingdom, if you're in God's family, you have to trust that he is constantly and for the rest of our lives will be preparing us for eternity with him. And guess what? This is what eternity is going to look like. We're going to be doing doing church. We're going to be doing worship together. We're going to be all participating and serving each other and worshiping God together. So man, don't, don't miss out. Be able to, to, to receive that abundance now in some of those ways. All that said, man, I have been personally really encouraged today, Dan and our local correspondent, Mr. Sunman. I'm going to let you sign off. Do, you, do, your, do your correspondent sign off, David. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. This is David Sunman, your man on the ground in Portland, Rip City, baby. Oh, jeez. Kind of kind of went to like, uh, it kind of, it kind of turned... No, I get. I was like ready to start boxing. Yeah, it, that's what it kind of shifted into. I got. I'm like, let's get ready to worship. <laughs> no, let's get ready to be home. Oh, oh, um, wow. Well, thanks, guys. I love you both. Thanks, listeners. As always, man, we are grateful that whether you're cooking or cleaning or driving or working or whatever the heck you're doing right now that you have spent this last little chunk of your week alongside us. Thanks for bringing us along with you. Love you guys. Aw. Bye. Bye.
Sean Helsch, BBC News, out. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.